Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, it's fight night at United Supermarkets Arena as West Virginia and Bob Huggins come to town. If you're sitting within the vicinity of the Mountaineer bench, this advice for you, keep your hands up, protect yourself at all times. We're getting to the matchup and we're also getting to head coaches in the Big 12 Conference who are twice as nice. One little Chuck Woolery for you there. We're back in two and two on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started he's the only chris level i'm casey cowan and chris as we kick this here fandango off today (laughs) the week of opportunity we alluded to has arrived knock 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 you hear west virginia knocking well let them in shout out to uncle elroy because uh you're in your building and you're facing an opponent that is not exactly uh How can I be polite? Rolling, as you might say. So here we go, right? Time to take care of business and maybe turn the tide uh, as it relates to Red Raider hoops. Yeah, I think think prior to the Mountaineers beating uh, TCU uh, last week, I think they went 300 and something days without winning a league game. So this this is just and again I think there's a lengthy streak I don't know how how long it goes back uh, but there's a lengthy streak of them not winning a, a conference road game so again th- this is about as on paper and it that doesn't get you anything just so I'm clear <laughs> on paper this is about as winnable as it's going to get uh, for you uh, tonight at the arena and it's an early tip you know the weather obviously yesterday with the snow and then it, it you know we get uh, some freezing and, and things like that that we're dealing with uh, this morning but uh, the weather has not been great but it, it's it's a home game and it's just a game that is just right there for you to take I believe the the first point spread I've seen I don't know if it's changed at all has you about a two and a half point favorite give or take so Vegas thinks you'll you'll come out on top but um, yeah, this is a this is a, a team that you can you can and they're searching and and their coaches have basically have said we thought we'd kind of turned it around and we thought we'd kind of found something and now we're we're just right back to some of the things that we were doing we're being selfish and and not sharing the ball and kind of panicking and we're turning it over and it, and again it, it sounds a lot like uh, I don't know if I've heard Mark call his guy selfish or not, but I mean, I think you're, you're still searching and they are too trying to find something that you can uh, get some traction with, but yeah, this is an opportunity tonight for sure. Yeah. When you're talking about uh, a team that really is just looking for any shot to fall figuratively as it relates to a conference record, just trying to break (laughs) through, you know, with that first win, you see that first one go through, you often wonder on the other side, all right, can you establish some new momentum can you establish a, a new trend here and start to string together some success? West Virginia, not exactly 
uh, able to do that as they fall on the other side of that one against the Frogs, against the Longhorns then subsequently. But I don't know. Uh, You are still talking about one that at least cooked up a recipe for a victory in conference play. And you are still talking about, well, the guy that leads West Virginia on his special little stool, unless that's been outlawed, I'm not sure, over on that Mountaineer sideline. And I'm never going to sell Bob Huggins short whenever it comes up to just finding a way over the course of 40 minutes to win a basketball game, regardless of what his team is or isn't, you know, for the rest of that year, you don't want to shortchange a coach like that and the capability to pull something off. No, I mean, he's, he's a hall of fame coach. His team always has an identity and they're going to be, you know, I, I was looking this up because anytime you get into a, a game with West Virginia, it doesn't matter where it is. It's usually it's, it's mucked up. It, 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 it how those games against West Virginia are officiated is much more impacts the game than against other opponents, just because this is kind of West Virginia's style. I mean, they, they, they I mean, he, he just kind of dares, you know, officials to call things every time in some ways just teaches his kids to be very physical and rough. And again, that's their identity It's blue collar. It's just kind of what they do. And sometimes the officials call it tight, and if, if so, then that benefits you. Other times, uh, they don't. And sometimes you you have a team that can handle it and say, we, "Yeah, let, let's go. We're, we're we're more than capable of, of playing with this style." But forty five free throw attempts combined is what West Virginia games feature. Forty five free throw attempts. So uh, pack a lunch if you're if you're going to the arena tonight <laughs> because you might be there for a period. And, and again. I think West Virginia is saying the same thing that Texas Tech is and that one of the reasons for searching for wins and, and one of the things that we feel like we can control is being better at the free throw line. And, you know, Texas Tech has hovered around 71, 72% as a team, and and, and that's that's one of the, the worst in the league. And I think uh, West Virginia is in the upper 60s. So – you know, that, that'll go a long way, as funny as it sounds. That'll go a long way in, in kind of deciding it tonight is how it's called and then who's better uh, with their attempts once they get them. Uh, that's, just the way, that's just the way it goes against these guys. It, it is funny that you're bringing that up because as I'm kind of scanning statistically, comparatively between the two teams, where is West Virginia, you know, worse off than Texas Tech? Where is West Virginia better off than Texas Tech? And when you're talking about being worse off than a winless conference team or a one-win conference team, the competition's not real stiff, right? So I'm just scanning, scanning, like, oh, well, that's not very good either. They stink there too. They stink there too. Free throw line is what did pop out to me, Chris, but there is still a big difference. Regardless of percentage, it's the attempts. You talked about knocking down the ones you get. Well, they're getting them at a lot higher rate than Texas Tech is consistently because that's really, from a Mountaineer perspective, what jumped off the page to me, and if you've watched any West Virginia basketball, maybe you have noticed as far as the attempts over the last handful of games, they went 18-26, 16-33, 28-28, 38-21-33. I can keep rolling it on. Texas Tech, meanwhile, has had some days where you were a little happier, I think, with your ability to get to the charity stripe. But otherwise, the numbers don't look like that. We're talking 12, 15, 20, 10, 25, and a 12-er over the last handful of games for Texas Tech. I like these games personally. I was a player that did not have any rollover fouls to the next game. I used all five they gave me. Why would you not? So I kind of enjoy this, but you're right. It does come kind of down to who's making some money at the line here because you're probably going to have opportunities, at least between Tech and West Virginia over the years. I feel like not that Tech is that type of team every night, but there's been some matching 
of the black and blue personality, whether you're talking about West Virginia or the guys in Lubbock. Don't, don't you think? I almost feel like, not that you always had it this ugly as, as a Red Raider team, but you were capable of playing this game with West Virginia uh, over the last handful of seasons. Yeah, I, I, I think last year's team, prime example, uh, the team that you know was just kind of built that way. It wasn't pretty at times, but they just kind of again old and beefed up and 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 deep and you know. And I think West Virginia, you know, last year West Virginia had a couple of guys named Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil that were really perimeter oriented, really good guards. And this year they don't necessarily have uh, a lot of that or focus on that, and so the, their their game is just trying to get downhill and attack you. Uh, at the rim, kind of similar to Kansas State. And I thought you did a pretty good job against Kansas State at times, uh, really kind of protecting the paint. Uh, and, and again, there'll be some opportunities tonight to step up and take charges. Uh, and again, if, if you're doing that, that's a sign of of guys kind of, you know, trying to do the right thing and trying to sacrifice and trying to play the right way. And uh, I think it builds once one guy does it, then you see others do it. I think that that is certainly a sign of, uh, of Coach uh, Adams's message being being uh, preached and, and certainly listened to, so you know th- those are the kind of game game within the game there uh, with with West Virginia uh, coming in, and and I just it, it's funny you said that about uh, a second ago about like the, the ball in the air and all that and shots. You know, ultimately, if if you are, the game is so much easier when you hit shots. It's amazing how much better everybody feels or how how much better everybody thinks the coach does or whatever if the ball goes in the net or not it's like the ball goes up and it's like this is going to decide good coach bad coach kind of thing in so many ways right you know and we, we all played with the guy when you're like no okay not pretty good good shot you know good call. We, we, yeah we, we yeah we all we all know those types um yeah, man, my guy, uh, Chris Amaya, back in the day, uh, in the days of Iverson, he rocked the Iverson shoes, but I called him the question instead of the answer. <laughs> he he wasn't afraid to pull that trigger. I could say that for him. Confidence. Yeah, sometimes guys have to, hey, hey, dude, you're open for a reason, man. Eternal you know green not, light, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know why they're not guarding you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're taking the bait. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> right. But uh, and, and that's really been the difference between, like, West Virginia and Texas Tech. And then everybody else in this league is that, you know, when you shoot it well, especially toward the end of a game, you're, you're going to win. When you don't, it's not going to happen. And some of that comes down to the kinds of shots that you're getting at the end of games. Uh, but it, it comes down to free throws and making those as well. And we've just talked about two teams that kind of struggle comparatively uh, to the rest of the league and just free throw percentage and, and those kinds of things. So, uh, but, you know, neither team is good enough to really overcome poor free throw shooting or just poor shot selection, uh, things like that. But, you know, we'll see who makes them at the end tonight. Uh, but, yeah. you know, what? The, and then the crazy thing is these two teams about six weeks or so ago, maybe a little less, they're both ranked in the top 25. And, <laughs> and, and, and what, what changed? The schedule changed. The yeah. Big 12 got here. And then, and then reality sets in. And – it's not you versus who you were playing in the non-conference because I mean West Virginia they had some wins they had a win over Pitt they had a win over Florida uh, they you know there's a few losses to I think Xavier and and, and so they, they were pretty good uh, took Kansas State to overtime in the first game of, of Big Twelve play but then they just kind of 
it lost confidence, but the competition just gets better and tougher. And that's, that's really the difference. And, and again, we're, it was, it was like the talent question that you and I were talking about. You, you are talented. You've got talent on your team, but when you compare it to what everybody else has got and West Virginia can say the same thing, that's where, that's where there's a, a problem. Uh, clutch time production would be nice. And maybe we're seeing a, a baby step, Dr. Leo Marvin baby step, because you did see uh, a half court bank shot, three pointer go in at the end of the first half for pop Isaacs. Hey guys, I like that a lot. Let's do some of that at the end of the next half at the end of the second <laughs> half. That'd be awesome as well. And I don't care if you pull the trigger from half court. Some of that seems like just as good odds as we've had anywhere else on the floor so far this season. So you do you back to that eternal green light? Some of us got it right. Not all, not all, Chris. Uh, hear the call. Some are chosen though, and you're that <laughs> eternal green light man. You know, there's some people in the audience that know we're talking about them. That's you, baby. I uh, always wanted to be one of those guys, but I think I was just too selfless as a teammate to be that guy, Chris. I knew I had the talent. I knew I had the talent, but I was just, I was just too humble as a teammate to have that eternal green light. That's just me. Why I bring that up? And you know what shot? I, my favorite shot, I was, I was kind of a post player in, in high school and college, and you don't see it anymore. Skyhook? Well, you're close. It was kind of like a baby hook. Ah. I mean, I'm not, you know, not Kareem where you bring it way out and do this, but yeah. like, you know, kind of like the over the shoulder and you hold it away and you kind of, so it wasn't like way out here. The Bill Winnington, I think they call it. Kind of, you know, but it, and you don't <laughs> see anybody do that anymore because uh, it was hard to block. Uh, you know, and, and you know, if you got good at it, you could go over either shoulder with it. Anyway, you just don't, and, and you don't see a lot of post ISOs or back to the basket players anymore. The game is just different uh, now than it used to be. But well, what a um, terrific uh, segue you've given me the opportunity here to make as someone somewhere wakes up Bill Winnington and says, "Someone's remembered you, Bill." And he was someone's he was, remembered. He was the you. towel waver. He he was a big time towel waver <laughs> on the Maverick bench. I think he did it on the Chicago Bulls bench. I remember Bill. He was a Mav. Absolutely. He well, was. now I feel he silly the, for making jokes. He had the beard and everything. Yeah, he's a, he's a big towel waver, man. Energy guy. Big fan. I just remembered him as a bull. I do apologize, Bill. I didn't know you were a part of the Mavs <laughs> fam family. That's my mistake. Solidarity, brother. The segue comes by way of big men locally. We're talking Fardaw's AMAC primarily, although I could fill up a show with questions about both Bacho and AMAC. But there was something apparently that – Head coach Mark Adams had to say, right, Chris, that uh, got some attention as it relates to AMAC's status. Can you give us some context? But first, today's episode brought to you by our brand new sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we are jacked about this new partnership with FanDuel because they're America's number one sports book. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. Got many great features making betting on sports fun and easy, even for a first-timer. New customers can join today to get started with 150 bucks in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel's got all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, baby. All on an app that's safe, secure, easy to use. 
football fans or otherwise, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, right now at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. There was something apparently that head coach Mark Adams had to say, right, Chris, that uh, got some attention as it relates to AMAC's status. Can you give us some context? Yeah, I, I think he said something to the effect of, you know, it's his foot or it's his heel, uh, and it's the same foot that that kept him out for the bulk of uh, this season. And so he was going to be questionable for tonight. And, you know, when you hear that, um, I, you know, so even if he does play, not necessarily 100%, obviously. And, and, and when you hear that, you wonder if it's really worth it uh, to – you know, put him in harm's way if there's any question at all, just based on him coming out off of uh, an issue. And this is part of what we were worried about and talked about in that foot injuries for big guys, man, it, it's it's tricky. And uh, it seemed like everything was okay, but you, you get a little blip here and and may, maybe, you know, he, he's pushed it too hard, too fast. I don't know. And, and maybe needs to hit pause just for a bit. Uh, he's carrying a lot of weight. He's a big man. And, uh, I, I think uh, so. We'll, we'll see. But if he can't go, I, I, I just I, I wonder if we get a lot more of Bacho. I don't necessarily wonder there. I think you will. But I wonder if in some way that helps Bacho's confidence a little bit because his minutes have certainly waned uh, since Dawes has been back. You know, Robert Jennings has kind of gone uh, to the end of the bench and hasn't really seen much time at all. And if, if Dawes can't go tonight, then I do think you'll see some of Jennings, obviously. But Bacho is such a key to this team, and he or he can be. And I think – I don't think they would utilize him in the way that they were using Fardaws in that, you know, you throw it to him and then kind of almost run the offense uh, through him a bit like they were doing with Fardaws. Right. I do think, though, they have to do a better job of getting – Bacho in places where they can get him the ball, whether it's a drive and then throwing it up, let him go get it. Uh, he's not necessarily a back to the basket player, but as we all know, he's your best rim protector. He runs the floor the best. Uh, so maybe finding him in transition or looking for him uh, a bit more. Uh, but that'll be kind of a, a key tonight if Dawes can can play or can't play. And then if if what, what that does to Bacho, because it may in fact be I don't know if it's the best thing for the team, but it may be best thing for, for Bacho maybe to get some of that confidence back, knowing that he's going to get a lot of minutes uh, tonight against the Mountaineers. And you're going to need them all. They've got a load in Jimmy Bell Jr., who's, I think, 6'10", 285. Uh, I mean, th these are him and him and a guy like Fardos are two of the biggest humans in the league. Uh, so if Fardos can't go, Bacho will certainly now, I think, you'll as you'll see, Jimmy Bell Jr. not exactly in the best shape. I think they're working him back in. But he's a load, and when he's right, he's really good. Yeah, and of course, anytime uh, West Virginia and Bob Huggins are coming to town, coming to United Supermarkets Arena, uh, just want to go ahead and get in a preemptive apology to the Big 12 Conference in case one of their players assaults any Red Raider. I know they like it when we apologize, when, say, a Mountaineer punches a fan in the face, then they expect us to apologize. So I just want to get ahead of it, Chris, and say that if any Mountaineers – do assault West Texans or Red Raiders. Dear Big 12 Conference, we are very sorry about that. So just go ahead and save yourself the paperwork, the sternly worded letters or reparandums.
reprimandments. I don't know what word I was trying to go with there. <laughs> yeah, rip, 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 reprimand. Yeah, you you know who got uh, punched was uh, B- Bubba Jennings' son. And you don't ever touch a Jennings. In West <laughs> that's Texas. right. Yeah, that's been about se- that. it's been several years ago. Oh yeah, I mean I, I've I've gone to West Virginia a couple times when. You know, I think Norris Odiase, he got double bird shot at him. I mean, there, there's been a lot of controversy. I mean, there was a time when you, you first beat West Virginia up there for, I think, the first time ever. And it, it was Chris Beard, I guess, had too much fun with it, according to Bob Huggins. And so Huggins was really frustrated uh, with the celebration and the locker room and all the Well, he's yeah. a Baptist, I think. He doesn't like <laughs> dancing in public. It's, it's been a bit spicy, but yeah, H- Hugs is. I've enjoyed it, man, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, all I like coaches. Exactly. All coaches love uh, Bob Huggins. He, he's a he's a coach's coach kind of thing. He just surly and and again he he's been around a long time and he he works the officials and people. That's what the fans have a hard time with. But again, this is what he's been doing for years and years. It hasn't changed. <laughs> Bubba Jennings, son, what yeah. another layer to the onion. Just right up there with Gap Kid almost now. Yep. In Texas Tech lore. Okay. Keep basketball in mind for this next conversation. We'll step away somewhat, but not entirely. Chris Level just returned from the land of Manhattan, Kansas, where you could say, well, they were cooking on the gridiron. And they're, pert, well, to use an industry term, cooking on the hardwood, which means there's some leadership of some quality in both of those spots and got us to thinking about across the Big 12 landscape, what duo from football to basketball of head coaches do you feel like is really leaving their program presently with the best chance at success? Could it be K-State that is that choice? Others on that short list? Are you cooking anything up in West Texas that would approach the short list? We'll get to some of that and more before we wrap it up. Coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. Uh, Just a moment ago, I alluded to a thought that's come across our minds as you and I have talked off the air, Chris. Since your trip to Manhattan, Kansas, Tech on the road to take on K-State over the weekend. Obviously, the Purple Wildcats playing basketball with Big Mo on their side right now as a team and uh, under Jerome Tang's leadership. And you mentioned to me the other day the thought of which athletics department, when it comes to these revenue-generating sports across the Big 12, have really got guys in positions of leadership that make you think, hey, not only now are you giving yourself a good chance to win, but you know, you may have a, a window here that you're opening up to to be that kind of athletics department at large. And when you talk about Chris Kleiman and, and the season, obviously, they had on the gridiron and talk about the season with Tang and what they're so far putting together uh, on the hardwood. I think they're a great option. I don't know if they're the no brainer number one or who else someone else might come up with. Would love to hear from you in the comments on YouTube. But I did think it was an interesting question. And not so long ago, Chris. Uh, I might have wanted to tell you that Texas Tech was in a special spot, but a bit of basketball adversity right now yeah. has me a little more bashful on that front, I guess. 
Yes, you know, so, so when I was in Manhattan, I was talking to uh, the guys that do their games for the radio. I said, man, I'll just have it rolling right now, man. I mean, they're, they're sitting there outside the top 10 at the time, and now they are ranked in the top uh, 10, uh, first place in the Big 12, and they had just, you know, Big 12 championship football. I mean, so top of the mountain as far as that goes. And so when you, when you think about Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang, I mean, that that's about as good at this minute, you know, that we're sitting here talking – it can change as we're, as we're talking and uh, as you alluded to, but right now, I mean, they, they've got, I would think the, the kind of the best duo uh, rolling right now. I, mean, I think you, you could talk TCU with Sonny Dykes and Jamie Dixon. Although I think that many years, if you're talking about coach Dixon's basketball team, that they are very average and, and uh, they, they've had, you know, but they're just coming off of a, a monster win at Kansas where they won by 20 plus. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and they're, they're loaded. I mean, bottom line is they're loaded, but it, it's pretty much one and one a right, right now. And it, it's just, cause I always, I always think about that anytime it's like when you ever go on vacation and people like see you wearing a double T this or a Texas tech that they, they immediately think of, okay, athletics and sports. And they're like, Hey, who's coaching there now? And so you get into, and used to, when you'd say, hey, man, yeah, Mike Leach and Bob Knight, you know, are, are coaching. Everybody knew those guys. I mean, it's like it it generated nationally because of who they were and what they were doing. And so I've always kind of thought the the duo conversation was an interesting one at any given time because it really kind of tells you a lot about an athletics program at that very minute. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Kansas probably has a really good one right now that you would say, and Bill Self with Lance Leipold that uh, is kind of trying to turn football around, and obviously Kansas coming off of a, a national championship. And you mentioned Texas Tech. I think that when you were ready to rank Mark Adams really high, Joey McGuire was a complete unknown, and now you've, you've, you've really struggled <laughs> basketball-wise, and you could see Joey kind of trending up. So you're kind of a, uh, an incomplete or an unknown and it's crazy because you have one head coach that's that's basically in his second season, and one that's you know looking at his second season. So you have two really uh, two new guys. There was a time when you would have said Iowa State with Matt Campbell, and whoever was coaching basketball belonged kind of in the conversation. Now Matt Campbell's team didn't go to a bowl game, struggling a bit, and they've got T.J. Altsberger from a from a basketball standpoint. So it's always an interesting conversation or a good way to take some immediate stock to kind of figure out uh, how teams are doing from from when, when you're not in the everyday minutia of paying attention to it as close as we do. But uh, I just thought as I left Manhattan, I'm like, man, they've got it rolling right now, man. They just have it. And when you go to Manhattan, Kansas, it's the craziest thing that they just won the Big 12 championship. They they played in a, in a big-time bowl game in the Sugar Bowl. They got worked, but they, they still got to do it and play Bama. And they're they're – Tops in the Big 12, uh, we're not quite through the turn yet uh, of halfway point, but they're, they're tops in the country. And I believe the Jerome Tang's team was picked to finish last in the league. And this is a top 10 team right now, and they are legit. Uh, I don't know if they can sustain it. There's a lot of talented pieces there. I mean, injuries will have a say. So anyway, I just I thought all these things, and I thought it was worth uh, bringing it up here. Always athletics. Nobody's ever brought up the gender studies department or anything when they see you with that double T on on vacation. Always that. Always straight. Career meat judging, or I mean, I'd love to. I mean, I'm like, yeah, we're the king. Yeah, deal with it. Gender studies just probably needs more funding. Uh, I don't know. Maybe think about that. We, we used to be really good at chess, you know, right? <laughs> uh, but no, nobody wants to talk about that. It's always football or basketball. Sometimes baseball. I uh, I think I would have previously wanted in the not so uh, distant past 
uh, to put Baylor pretty high on that list. And now, alternatively to Texas Tech, they have a little trending downward of the football program or the football coach, but obviously some recent hardware and clearly uh, the basketball team high achieving for some time now. I, I do think I do think that's a yeah I mean I I think that's one it, it's just it's fun to look at it that way like again at times with Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy and right now it's yeah a lot of questions about Oklahoma State football even though he's had all these double digit win seasons and uh, has won a Big Twelve championship and all these different things uh, you know in past years you know and then Mike Boynton you know who has been hamstrung by some NCAA stuff that he had nothing to do with uh, that they're not playing just particularly great. You know, obviously West Virginia with, with Bob Huggins, again, Hall of Famer, but they're struggling. And then Neil is on, very much on the hot seat. Right. Uh, and I'm not – there's no purpose, no point in really getting into Oklahoma or Texas, I guess, if unless you want no, to. No, let's – let's, please. How about <laughs> Texas te- – Texas <laughs> – the University of Texas, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, where are they on the list, Chris? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I would say you know like you have a you have an interim okay in Rodney Terry yes yes and and he's got a loaded team I think they're they're top ten as well and then Steve Sarkeesian I think we'd all agree is is mostly loaded. underachieved in his time in Austin uh, but oh, yeah. it, like look at Oklahoma Porter Mosier was thought to be a really good hire I, I think that he does a good job but it, it this league is rough and then Brent Venables was six and seven in his first year so you can't exactly sign off on, on that one are we missing anybody i'm trying to think if we've gone through the well i was uh, gonna ask what you thought about ucf knights basketball yeah, no, I'm not, and the state not. of their basketball program well <laughs> but but like you know look at university of houston i mean kelvin sampson is one of the best coaches of any any football or basketball he's one of the best coaches that we would talk about and that will that will be in the big 12 i mean they are they don't have a national championship but He's been as good recently in about the last three to five years as anybody in the country, short of a, a championship. And they're right there, ranked second or third right now. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, I don't, you know, BYU and then obviously uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, you know, with Luke Fickle, uh, there was a time. But see, they, they've kind of dropped off of this conversation too. Yeah, I don't think we're missing anything obvious. Yeah. I mean, because interestingly enough, some of the stalwarts of the league uh, have got either their program sagging or a partner that's sagging. You mentioned yes. Mike Gundy and Matt Campbell, their program's kind of sagging, uh, I guess, in a way. And so I, I I don't know. I think if you had to take them as a pair, we're talking duo, not just like pick one here or there. While I'm still skeptical of Jerome Tang because of how early it is there, I'm not skeptical really of Chris Kleiman. I mean, they would be very, very high on the list. They might be the choice. You know, Jamie Dixon, Sonny Dykes. Wow, Sonny. Really should have saved something for year two. Where are you going from here? I don't know what you're doing there. I mean, yeah. And then, <laughs> but, and then just hired Art. I mean, Art Browse's kid, which I think has been you know been heavily criticized. So, um, well, you know, Dixon's basketball programs. I've always, I've. It's not that I don't respect Dixon as a head coach. I find him very annoying to watch be a head coach. But I, I know he's. He's got credibility, obviously. Yeah. Um, he was so much better at Pitt. I used to love watching his Pitt teams play. They kind of, they yeah, kind of Christians never lived up to that, right? No, like they've never I, quite. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, and he would be the first one to tell you, yeah, we just haven't gotten it going like we did at Pitt. And 
part of that is the Big 12 has something to do with that. It's just tougher in this league, night in and night out. It just it's also is. Texas Christian basketball versus Pitt. I mean, Pitt's a thing. True, very true. World, Absolutely. So it's not exactly and, and, the same thing. They had an identity, and they played very similar to West Virginia. It was a lot of blue collar. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and obviously at TCU is not, not near as big of a deal. Uh, there's just a lot of things that aren't as big of a deal at TCU because it's a small private school, as you mentioned. Uh, but you know, they, they, they were, uh, they went to the second round in the NCAA tournament last year and were just, uh, uh, a few seconds away from upsetting Arizona to move on to the sweet 16. Otherwise they do the same thing that the red Raiders do, but, uh, they, they are easily a team that can play in the second week in the NCAA I- tournament this year. I got to tell you, and it just sounds disgusting, so I'm compartmentalizing all this, not saying I have any affinity whatsoever uh, for these jerks. I think I may go Scott Drew, Dave Miranda, to be honest. Those guys both have hardware. I know Dave Miranda's crew was not what they wanted to be a season ago. But, you know, like if I'm thinking about Jerome Tang, I'm thinking about like, wow, what a great portion of a season. Yeah, (laughs) They're like a hot thing right now. But I may, if you had to just look at the big resume – that's fair. The I mean, it really be, may be in Waco. Honestly. Be hard to argue uh, because one's got a national championship, recent yeah. memory, and the other one's got a Big Twelve championship. I, I I can't disagree with you there. That that's okay. That's yeah, a that's disgusting well note to finish on. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, <laughs> if if it's just at this minute, it's got to be Kansas State. But if you yeah. look at the big picture and, and all that, then I, I have no issue with Baylor. But anyway, just I thought it was an interesting conversation to have, and hopefully. The, the Red Raiders are, are, you know, you get it turned around in hoops. Uh, that this is this, this is the first. You, you're, you've lost seven games in a row, Casey, and this is the first time since 2012 that you've lost seven in a row. So just to give you a, an idea of those were the dark days. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it really was, and and, it, and losing sucks, man, and it, it just does, and it causes all kinds of conversations and trying to figure out why and people get frustrated because people don't like to lose and I get it it is not a lot of fun winning is and going to games when you're winning is fun it's a party it's a social event and going to watch your team lose is not not fun I I certainly understand that but uh, hopefully they they get it turned around this week and a couple of winnable games and you're right back here so here's the thing go two and oh this week dare to dream a little bit you get Iowa State here on like this coming Monday night at home in an eight o'clock tip. So if you if you win a couple, I bet I bet your fans are going to show up and, and you know and, and you owe Iowa State one. They just housed you by thirty, so motivation shouldn't be an issue. And they're not going to just overwhelm you. You're going to have to play really well, obviously. But you know, again, you just dare to dream. It's not too hard if you squint enough to kind of see maybe there's some success to be found here. But boy, you better start tonight. Yes, sir. Appreciate the insights as always. And let me just, before we wrap up, let me circle back and just recheck, double check my facts and figures on the University of Texas. Want to make sure we didn't rank them too. Let's see. Let me get the police file and, and I called a kid an MF on TV. No, I think we we ranked them accurately. I'm it, nothing if not fair, right? I double checked for you there just to make sure that we were seeing it correctly. Chris, <laughs> thanks for the time as always, man. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it. Keep hope alive, man. Hope to see everybody out at the arena tonight. Uh, and uh, should be a fun one, man. Got to get a dub. Yeah, and a one-horse open sleigh, possibly, as uh, <laughs> it's a winter wonderland yes. here in the Arctic north of West Texas. I think that's the thing. All right, we'll see you on the other side for the next round. Thanks for making us your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Hope you'll check out Locked on College Basketball. Make it your second listen. One-stop shop for the world of college hoops on the Locked On Podcast Network or anywhere you get podcasts there on YouTube as well. It's Locked On College Basketball. He's Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you for the next one 
on Locked On Texas Tech.